0: Hello, and welcome to The Coaching Podcast, coaching for success in sport and business. Your host is Emma Doyle, the energy and high performance under pressure coach who is a world leader in unleashing human potential. Buckle up for this high octane session. Let them have it, coach. G'day, everybody, and welcome to The Coaching Podcast. My name is Emma Doyle, and I am here with Alexandria Acresta she believes that things
1: don't take time they take courage welcome to the show alex how are you i'm so excited to be here i feel like our first connection call was a podcast in itself so (laughs) it was a matter of time (laughs) alex is a speaking
0: coach she believes in a world where we don't have to take a side to take a stand that world is in a field beyond right and wrong she calls it the field of possibility She's a fellow TEDx speaker and she helps all sorts of businesses craft their message. And I love your nickname here, the empathetic butt kicker. Oh my goodness, that is so good. She's the co-founder of Purpose Pioneers and so much more. And I can't wait to talk about uh, you as a speaking coach and coaching in general. So welcome to the show. Listen, we'll get into the first question. Uh, It's a stacked question. Have you been to Australia and have you tried the Australian spread of Vegemite? You either love it or you strongly
1: dislike it. What's your take? I have not tried it. I saw that this was one of your questions. So I was Googling. I'm like, what is this stuff? People either love it. They hate it. So I've never had it, but uh, I'm definitely going to have to try it when I do visit Australia.
0: (laughs) Yes. I love inspiring people to go and visit my homeland. Uh, personally, I haven't been home for three years because of the pandemic and Mm. going home in November and seriously can't wait to, to get back. And, uh, we put Vegemite on everything. So listen, because you, you live in a land of possibility, I am going to go there. You haven't tried it. So I'm going to go with your best coaching moment. And could you share a lesson or two from it?
1: Immediately what comes to mind is actually a, a moment from this year. Uh, this year was just really tough for me in terms of uh, just leadership and business, it really was a big initiation year for me. And really the, to me, the best moment for me was recognizing that I was carrying this boulder as a leader, as a coach, as a guide. And I feel like you know, we all do that in some way, shape or form, whether that's pressure we put on ourselves, expectation. So I had this I've had this boulder for, it feels like it's been years. and this year it just got a little too big and a little too heavy. And I think what I got caught up in was this notion that the more success I experience, the more debt I need to take out, the more team members I need to hire, the more, 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 And right. I mean, we can even see that visual more, more, more is big, bigger, bigger, bigger. And it gets too heavy where I just couldn't hold it anymore. So, you know, metaphorically speaking, I I dropped this folder, my business partner and I, we had the courage to just say, you know what, we're going to let it go. We're gonna drop it. Clearly, we've built comfortability behind this boulder. So it's a little scary. We don't know what we don't know what we're gonna see on the other side, but we dropped it. And this exact moment, I went to my team. We had a Zoom call. We do our our month or our weekly kickoff meeting. And usually I'm bubbly, I'm having the best time of my life, you know, all the things. And this call, I was raw. I was honest. I had tears flowing down my face. And I chose to reveal, you know, my quote unquote wounds and my quote unquote weaknesses. And I just chose to be nothing but honest with where I was at, how I was feeling. And what I was met with was remarkable. My team was, I mean, they were crying with me. It, it felt like this Zoom moment just transformed into this moment of connection and healing for all of us. And You know, I had one of my team members say, Alex, we've been waiting for you to come to us and just be honest with how you're feeling. You don't have to be on all the time. You don't have to have it all figured out. So that to me, that was my initiation into my next layer of leadership. And it was scary to go to them not being on and having it all figured out and to just reveal, you know, the rawness and being naked emotionally, if you will it was, I think, one of the greatest moments that I will remember for the rest of my life as a coach and a leader.
0: Thank you for being vulnerable. And mm-hmm. definitely from our first conversation, we had such great energy and chemistry and connection in, in our discussion mm-hmm. that I can completely relate. People always ask me, is your energy always always this high? And, and my partner can attest, it is not always this okay. high. Uh, mm-hmm. But when we get back to the basics and be that authentic self in our speaking. I'm sure we're going to talk about that at some point. That's when the gold, that's when the gold dust shines through. Don't don't you agree?
1: I completely agree. Yeah. I feel like you and I are similar that we have that high energy, you know, we're on it is for me. It is a part of my natural state. I really do love just having rainbows and sunshine come out of my butt. Like that's, I love that. Uh, However, there is another side of me, the raw, the tender, the honest, the vulnerable. And what I realized in my leadership journey is it's not that I wasn't, I wasn't trying to be someone that I wasn't. I, I've, I've never known anything other than Alexandria Agresta, but I realized I wasn't showing all of me. I was only showing that one side. And that moment of initiation really showed me, wait, I'm safe to be vulnerable and I think that, oh my goodness, if every coach and leader and teacher embedded that belief into their brain, man, would we all rise and up level together. I'm safe to be vulnerable. T- to me, it's like, I feel it in my body just saying that. Man,
0: I feel like a woman.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know
0: why I felt like singing. Sometimes on this podcast, <laughs> everyone who listens to me every week, they know that I can't sing, but I always... I give it a go. Anyway, oh, that just yeah. came out authentically. I love that. <laughs> when you said, man, and I'm like, man, I feel like being a woman today <laughs> on this episode. All right. What about on the flip side? What about a coaching moment that didn't go so well?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So immediately what comes to mind, and it's it's funny, I love that you do sports coaching and business coaching because I actually, I'm in the business coaching world, but I reference sports coaching. It's It's just such a beautiful analogy for what we do in business. So Mine is more of a conglomerate of of the the worst moment is ending up working with the wrong people. And what I mean by that, it's, it's not that I didn't like them or they were bad. It's just, I realized that with my work, someone has to be in a certain position in their life. They need to be at a certain phase in their journey for me to actually help them and for me to be effective. So I realized I was stuck in this pattern where I was always pulling people up right i'm like pulling instead of as my business partner says instead of just picking plump peaches from the tree right i'm like pulling instead of just like letting things fall on me so i realized that with a coach it's vital that you're working with what not the right person but someone who can actually receive your guidance be in a position to receive right a basketball coach is not going to, the nba is not going to draft someone who's never played a game of basketball in their life Right. That's the best analogy. You have, you're we're drafting people, we're guiding people, we're working with people that can receive our wisdom, our guidance, our tough love. And I realized that for me to make shifts in my leadership and my coaching and my business, I had to get really clear on who is a person that can actually receive the work that I'm doing where I can be effective and we can get them to the championship, we can get them to the Super Bowl.
0: I didn't. Learn that until halfway through my career and it nearly nearly cost me my coaching career because i was so burnt out when you are pulling using your words because sometimes i do use push and pull in the opposite way as well in language but i love the fact that that aha moment for me was when i stopped trying to do that and place my map of the world on somebody else to bring them along to where i knew they could go but the minute you let go of that is when you realize there's a whole other side of coaching out there. That's why, again, that's why I love, I love this podcast because yeah. each week, you know, we have the perspective of the sports coach, a lot of tennis coaches, as as you know, my, yeah. my background. And then we have these incredible business coaches that can just impact and impart that because yeah. that's a very business coaching philosophy too. Right. You yeah. Unlock the learning that lives within the person in front of us. And, and I, I yeah. love when sports coaches,
1: gain that and then you just flipped the model as well so yeah (laughs) I I love that you do both like I share because I I reference sports analogies a lot right right everything that I'm saying like philosophically and energetically and emotionally I'm like you know what let's think of a a football analogy uh, a basketball analogy so that there for you to have that contrast on this podcast man we can just really be in those synchronicities with each other it's amazing and learn from each other the sliding doors questions next so i actually started a really cool tech company out of my dorm room in college like the typical you know that whole thing didn't become mark zuckerberg so that was made for him not for me uh, but i had this really incredible idea to uh, take communities to the depths of values and purpose the pain i was experiencing at the time you know, I, I loved connecting. I wanted to, you know, make a name for myself and build a community where I went to college. It was a thousand miles away from home. So I didn't have anyone. So I was going to networking events. I was doing all this awesome stuff. And I realized it was very superficial. We were handing out business cards and how can you get me leads? And how's the weather today? I'm like, this is a bunch of crap. I want to talk about the cosmos. I want to talk about the universe. I want to talk about what you're meaning in life. So I <clears throat> I founded this company called My Loop. And the loops were your different communities based on values, based on purpose, not just interests and and business. So I took it pretty far. I was doing pitch competitions. I won an award. I won some funding. I was getting the attention of investors in my local area. I I got into an accelerator. I mean, I was taking it really far. And uh, I had this moment where I I was going to go in this one direction. I was going to go here. I was going to move to a different city and I'll never forget I was at the co-working space with what is my now business partner Thomas and I was telling him about all this stuff and he he just looks he looked excited for me but he looked so sad. I was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Wow, you're going to do this?" And crazy enough, I don't know what came over me, I didn't go in that direction and then a month later, he and I started what is now our company. So, divine intervention we were meant to be together, start this amazing purpose and movement. And it's just so crazy that within, oh my God, a week, the trajectory of my life just completely changed. And then the second sliding glass door was, I happened to end up in the coaching industry. have no idea how the hell I ended up here, but here we are. <laughs> when when was that? Uh, that was about probably a year or two into my company, Purpose Pioneers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not surprised now that I reflect because the coaching industry is all about personal transformation, personal development, realizing your full potential. And that is like the juice, the core of what we believe in. So, I mean, it's just a like energy attracting a like energy, but it's just funny. I'm like, how the heck did I end up in this industry? I didn't even know what it was.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's so funny. Uh,
0: You've, you've triggered a moment. I'm, I'm going to share a, a because I never do as the host, but I am going to share a sliding doors moment in my life that I've never mentioned before. I similarly started something called Melbourne meet where I wanted to help expats, expats mm-hmm. uh, that arrive in Melbourne, meet Melbournians. So if you needed a new car, okay, well, I know someone who's got a car yard or, you know, if you're like, I was, I was moving into another property. I, I needed to get rid of a dresser, you know, to get, yeah. someone's just landed, they need furniture. And it was very philanthropic, uh, is, is amongst many of my entrepreneurial ideas, but that one is still going today. And it's we meet at a it's, like a speakeasy bar on yeah. the first Tuesday of every month. And then I did it for one year with it with a Scottish girl, and then we handballed it to another Scottish person and a and a, and a mm-hmm. And what the reason I'm sharing the story and it triggered me to to share this story is exactly in what you just said with my loop. Yeah, All those things were what I heard is community values, you know, pain points. What an amazing foundation for for Purpose Pioneers.
1: Yeah, that's exactly it. I see my loop as the foundation to Purpose Pioneers. I basically took what I had created there, the philosophy, the foundation, the heart of it. And it was a great launch pad for Purpose Pioneers. And with Thomas, with what he did, he had this really cool company called Backstory And it was all around backing the stories that you believe in around nonprofits, right? Believing in their purpose, supporting it, but really taking it to the next level. So he had all the storytelling, connection, purpose. I had the community, the values, and we just mushed it together. And it was, you know, and that's why I think we went really far, really fast. Uh, thus far in our journey. So yeah, you you picked up on that perfectly. <laughs> mm-hmm. And
0: for anyone listening out there, if one of your ideas fails, <laughs> just fail fast and move on to the next one, because it's it all that grounding just sets you up for the, the next success. So I love that. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. It's time for our, oh, I can even finally alex i can pick up my new book and and i should ask you this question as i pick up i'm so excited
1: we launched it last month
0: but in one to a maximum of three words what do you think makes a great coach
1: you're doing what i do to people i'm like say what you need to say in three words (laughs) all right three words undying belief and tough love (laughs) Those are like little phrases. So you get two phrases. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Undying belief and tough love. To me, yeah. that that is a incredible coach.
0: Yeah, yeah. And practice two in the book is belief.
1: So do you want to expand on on the each one? I was hoping. I was like, is yeah. she gonna is she gonna leave yeah. me there? I, I no. would love to. So there's this one side of me, right? I call it the care bear. This is just the care bear in me. I believe in all possibility, free from free from anything. Like, can we get to just undying belief in possibility as a human being that anything is possible for us? So, you know, I've always, I think that's always been in me since I was little. I just have this zest for human possibility and potential. And I've seen that just naturally overflow into working with my clients that even on days where they're like, Alex, everything sucks. I'm not feeling this. It's just, I have this just natural tendency to go, you know what, it's okay. Let's honor how you're feeling, but this is still possible for you. And this, you are capable of this and we have to keep going. And I've had people, you know, go through their full journey and come back to me and say, thank you for believing in me, even on days when I didn't. And that to me, that is the glue of a great coach. Now, you know, I'm thinking about sports. My goodness, in sports, you're criticized all day long. When you lose, it's like the end of the world, right? All these things, and to have a coach that believes in you, no matter what, and is going to pick you up when you've fallen down, it, the sky is the limit.
0: The number one response in in the new book is uh, passion, and passion ties into love. Mm. And tough love is the the sporting world. There's a lot of tough love, so expand on tough love for me.
1: You know, I, I mean, this, this is my empathetic butt kicker, right? That this is, you know, this is how I, I got that fun little nickname. And I, I sum it up in one sentence. It's me as your coach, as your guide, guiding you to your greatness, to where you want to go is me saying not what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. That's tough love in one sentence to me, me holding you to your next level even when you don't want to hold yourself because we're going to have the days where we feel beat down, right? And and to have that person holding that, that frequency for you and saying the things that might make you go, damn it, I don't want to hear that today. That's where growth happens. Mm. And uh, I want to be treated that way by the people that I love and that see something in me. And I want to share that same gift with others. Yeah. We had
0: someone once on the podcast describe it as in three words, call your blind spots. That was it. Someone exactly. who can Call your blind spots when we don't want to see see them. Yeah, oh,
1: that's growth see? right there. Yeah, that's real
0: real growth. Yeah. yeah. So what's that one question that always sparks your curiosity? What What do you always want to know more about?
1: Honestly, the one question that I always ask, whether I'm meeting someone or I'm hosting my own event or mastermind, uh, and I'm going to share how this will apply to the sports coaches as well, is I'll ask, why is the stage a sacred place for you? And oh my goodness, that question opens up just this field of possibility. And the responses that I get, Are incredible. It's uh, the stage is a place where I get to just be myself, be honest, be vulnerable. The stage is a place where I can impact people. The stage is a place where I can leave this legacy behind. So, that word stage, you know, as everyone here knows, I do work with speakers and thought leaders. So, it is that literal stage. But for you listening, look at however that word stage applies to your life. Maybe it's the tennis, you know, the tennis court. Maybe it's if you have a podcast, maybe podcast is your stage maybe just life is your stage. That's the way I see it. Life is a stage. So take that word stage and make it applicable to you. And then ask yourself, why is that place, that specific stage, a sacred place for you? I think that word sacred allows us to drop into our heart space and access some beautiful wisdom that's inside of us. And I,
0: I love the way you're describing it as well, because you know I'm a huge believer in you play the lead role in in the movie of your own life that is your stage no one else is going to play the lead character i mean you may yes. want them to but, but uh you're it so yeah. when that curtain comes back you know all the men and women are merely merely players on this stage yes. um that's shakespeare anyway yeah. uh but i i really Love that. Because also you're asking someone to peel back the layers. Yep. Oh of-
1: People immediately go, they're like, I've never been asked that question mm-hmm. before. And I love doing that. I love asking a question. I'm like, I could probably sign my name to it that you've never been asked this question, but it gets people thinking, right? We drop into different spaces and places in our body and our heart and our soul. And to your point, I love that analogy, that our life is a movie and we're the lead character, no matter what, even on days where you don't want to be, you are. Mm-hmm. So your life is a stage. And I, I think about, you know, I love, I love uh, the Super Bowl analogy. Like that is the biggest stage in the world that like that has the most viewership of all time, right? You think they're just playing football? No, that is a moment of inspiration, of influence, right? So that stage is such an impactful place and probably why I got into the line of work that yeah. I'm in today. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So let's go there. Let's talk about the authentic self uh, as it relates to showing up at work and on the stage. Do you work with your speaking uh, coaching clients to be their authentic self when they are up on stage, or do we sometimes need to have a facade?
1: What are your thoughts? It's all about being exactly who you are meant to be on that stage, right? It's the work that I do, right? Cause I'm working with successful entrepreneurs that have a proven track record. They've been doing this thing. And now they're, here's the best analogy for anyone in Colorado. Uh, you've climbed all the 14ers and now you're looking at Mount Everest. You're like, oh, I'm ready for that one, right? So now they're really looking for that more and they wanna do it through the stage. So to me, where I come into play, it's actually peeling back the layers to get to what's already been there within you all along. I, mean, I don't help cut someone come up with their message. I don't help someone come up with their personality. I help them kind of like chisel away to then see this beautiful statue that's been there all along. So to me, the greatest speakers, thought leaders, people of influence are the ones that are nothing but exactly who they are with the weird and the quirk and the uniqueness. Bring it all on stage. I mean, I am being a weirdo when I'm speaking on stage. And it's amazing. I'm just being myself. And that's where we can experience that real magnetism. So
0: in your TEDx talk around things don't take time, they take courage. Could you share what people might expect uh, to entice them to want to go check it out?
1: Yeah, well, I uh, talk about some fun things. I talk about going to the moon. So NASA, I talk a little bit about Elon with PayPal. So if you like any of those things, go watch it. (laughs) Um, But really this, you know, when I applied for this, this stage, I just knew that this is what I wanted to talk about. But this isn't the thing that I teach and coach on. To me, this philosophy is the soil of everything that I've been able to do and everything that I work with my speakers on. And to me, it's this philosophy that we get to break free of the construct of time that we just maybe didn't even agree to. Things just take time in life. Oh, greatness takes time. Oh, that's a whole different, that's a whole different podcast episode. Greatness to me doesn't take time. It takes consistency. It takes persistence. <laughs> time is just a witness. Time just watches you do stuff. It either watches you do stuff, or watches you not do stuff. It actually has no, uh, there. it's not in a core ingredient in you becoming remarkable and you doing incredible things in your life. So that's really what this talk is all about, of reframing how we see time. And we actually take time out of the equation and we put on our little courage cap, as I like to say, and we step into the flow of courage and we take that first next step. And then from there, We astound ourselves at what we can do when we're not even given a crap about time. We're letting it sit on the couch, eat all of our snacks, and just watch us do great stuff. That's time. (laughs) So, if you're looking for that reframe at any phase in your journey right now, it'll really just get you thinking differently and and put a little pep in your step almost instantly. So, does money grow on trees? Then (laughs) maybe I don't know. I have to I have to look into that one.
0: uh and where does courage come from oh it's a great
1: question you know I I feel that courage comes from that internal belief in oneself when I can access I am capable of anything free from my past free from someone telling me that I couldn't when we can really drop out of our head right and and let those past stories and past beliefs just run on repeat and we can drop into our body and access. I am worthy. I am capable and everything is available to me. That's when we just, we start surfing in, in the river of courage. And from there, that's when we do epic stuff. Like, I don't know, go to the moon in nine years when it was supposed to take us 30. There you go.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I, uh, everything that you're, you're saying is singing to our audience. And I really appreciate the fact that you are answering both to, and speaking to both our audiences. So thank you yes, for, yeah. for doing that. I really, appreciate
1: absolutely. That. I, like I said, I love that you serve both and I've never been on a, I've never been on a podcast where It's business coaching and sports coaching. So I got so jazzed that I could finally be able to speak to both and and just dance in that field together. Mm -hmm.
0: So, how does one create a legacy that lasts forever? And let's say that you are young and you feel like you have imposter syndrome.
1: Mm. So, the first part of your question, we could leave a legacy through a variety of ways. I mean, having children, that's one way to leave a legacy. You're quite literally leaving a part of you on earth when you go. Uh, So there's a variety of ways. But to me, the greatest way that we can leave a legacy is to speak a message that was remembered, to speak a message that sparked a movement. MLK is a great example. He spoke a message that was remembered, right? He spoke a message that sparked a movement that we still talk about to this day, the civil rights movement. So to me, that is the greatest legacy. That is a lasting legacy. That is a legacy that will last well beyond multiple, multiple, many, many, many lineages and generations. That's how you become known. That's how you get, you know, your name written on the side of a gymnasium, right? That's how you become, you know, in the textbooks. So that's that's part one is I believe your message is the greatest legacy that you could leave behind. And then the second part, you know, what if you're younger, you're experiencing that imposter syndrome? I don't care how old you are, 10, 15, 25, 35, 55, 95. You have truth. You have truth that you have cultivated simply by being alive. And that is truth and wisdom that at least one person needs to to hear. So to me, if we can reframe in our mind that it is our duty and responsibility as a human being to share our truth, our story with the world, even if it's not perfect, even if we don't have degrees to back it up, but we simply have our life's experience that our heart is beating and that we're alive and that we lived that day. I think that can just help someone traverse the the gremlin thoughts that come up and really realize that my truth matters no matter how old I am, no matter what I've been through and there's going to be at least one human being out of the what almost 8 billion of us that's going to need to hear it. Mm. And so if people's messages
0: are right under their nose but they can't see it, how do they unlock that that or, or what's one tip that around how you work with your clients to unlock that one thing that's right
1: there but they can't see it? Yeah, this is a great question. I mean, the first word that's coming to mind is dialogue. Right. So with when my when my clients hire me, they're like, Alex, I, I feel my message. I know my message. I've even said my message on a stage, but like, what is it? What are the words? How I pull it out of them is dialogue. Too often we're stuck in our head. We're never gonna figure out the message if we're just like squinting our eyes, trying to think about it or even typing it out. We have to let the words quite literally come from our body. And we're like breathing life into the words through dialogue. So this is why I love podcasts. So for anyone who's listening to this, you are really wanting to step into your thought leadership, start speaking, book a podcast, just be in that dialogue, be in that messy dialogue where it goes here, it goes there. And I'm telling you, you will have at least one ounce more clarity around your message because that's how a message comes to life, through dialogue.
0: And it's interesting, when you have to teach something to others, you research it, even to a greater extent and when you right. have to share that message I think that's that's super interesting as well for example as I as I mentioned earlier passion practice for in in my book it was the number one response from over 500 of the world's leading coaches in sport and business and Natalie Ashdown, my co-author she kept saying well Emma what does passion mean and I was like yeah everyone says a great coach is someone who's passionate 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 and she's like, well, yeah, you know, and, and I was like, yeah, well, what does that mean? Yeah, and it was through our dialogue of just an hour on Zoom that we were, I, I was going, that's what it means. And that's what it means. And and here's an example. And uh, so I love that. And find, you know, even if somebody records their own voice into, into right. your phone, and even the questions that I'm asking Alex today, what if you were to pause and ask yourself that same question and record your answer? That's
1: another way to, do it as well. Uh, But I I love that. So I recommend that practice to my clients. I'm like, talk into your phone, record yourself, voice message yourself, have that dialogue with yourself. And then we get to supercharge it and have dialogue with each other. And I'd even take that one step further. That dialogue, I believe, is how we can solve some of the greatest problems, right? If we just sit down and we're talking through it, we're going back and forth. I, I really think we can make tremendous progress instead of, Going crazy and trying to figure it out from our mind. We got to figure it out from our heart.
0: Mm -hmm. And then have the courage to to act on it. Exactly. So, how does one know if they are made for the stage? I love that. (laughs) I made for the (laughs) stage.com. Yes.
1: How, How do you know? Oh, man. Honestly, I think the answers in the question you just know. My people, they have this deep knowingness in their bones, in their DNA that they were put on this earth to go be the crazy person and speak their message on stage in front of strangers. So to me, it's just a knowingness. It's, you know, we all have our gifts. We have people are amazing chefs, amazing tennis players, amazing speakers and orators. And, you know, if you have this gift, you just know. And the the next layer is it's just about timing, right? It's when you'll feel that internal timing of, okay, okay. It's my time. I'm ready to get my message dialed in. I'm ready to be on those stages. I'm ready to be that person of influence. So it's really knowing this and mixed with that beautiful divine timing. And did you always have this within you as a kid? Oh yeah. I was marching around when I was four years old with my Barney and my baby bop screaming, I want to be a CEO and a motivational speaker. So you girl knew this since day one. Uh, and I'm just so grateful that I had that clarity and that little feist in me since I was little. Uh, it really it it impacted the whole trajectory of my life. I started public speaking when I was very young. I started doing all my side hustles when I was little. I had a I had a cash register. I would do sidewalk uh, sales, like garage sales. I mean, it was it was lemonade stands. So you know that that internal knowingness and really owning it as early as you can, I really believe will will nudge you down the path that you are divinely meant to be on.
0: Let's go to who's been a coach in your life that's had the biggest impact and what was a message or two that you've then self-created into a self-quote. <laughs> <laughs> I love that oh, you're a self-quoter. I love that.
1: Oh, but listen, if you want people to quote you, quote yourself first. That's how it works. <laughs> oh man. I mean, immediately gut response to this question is my dad my dad was and is my greatest coach my greatest guide my greatest teacher and you know the, the the he shared so many pieces of of advice and wisdom as i was growing up that quite literally shifted my entire perspective but one that's coming to mind that's quite literal but i'm going to expand on how it can be applied generally he said, Al, That's what all my friends up home call me. They call me Al. My dad calls me that too. He said, Al, don't let money hold you back. Like, what is that? Like six words? I don't know what that did. It completely changed everything for me. And I was able to retool my belief around money when I was like 10. I didn't even know that if I had a belief about money by then. Uh, But I was really able to see that money is just a tool to do the things that I want to do in life and to never let this thing that we've created as human beings hold me back from being who I wanted to be and doing what I wanted to do. So what that instilled in me is life is an endless field of options and an endless field of possibilities. And I'm never going to let anything hold me back, whether it's my own self-doubt or this weird piece of money, right? I'm going to keep keep charging forward with that courage and do the damn thing anyway.
0: And I think I know the answer to this question based on just this last... Yeah. conversation, but I'm gonna ask it anyway because of the whole self-quoting thing
1: as well. is there such a thing as an original idea? Amazing question. I have uh, I've been playing around with this recently and I, I say this to all my people. I'm like, listen, I'm gonna break it to you now. Nothing you're saying is new. So I I believe there really is no original idea. There is nothing new, but what there is is a new perspective. No one can share. What you're sharing from your eyeballs, from your lens, even identical twins, there's still two different human beings, right? And I i, lo- I actually shared this quote recently, uh, and this to me sums up this as well. Uh, sometimes we need to hear the same message from a different messenger. So we're not saying anything new. We're, we're, we're standing on the shoulders of each other, but we have new awareness, new consciousness. Uh, we're a new human being. Maybe sharing something that someone shared 20, 30 years ago, but it's from a completely different perspective. So to me, that, I feel hopeful. I feel relief. I don't have to be this original, unique person and stand out all the time. I just get to share what's freaking true and real for me. And I know there's going to be people out there that resonate with it.
0: So how? So what are some of your favorite self-quotes?
1: So, so my own quotes? <laughs> Well, things don't take time. they take courage. I mean, that's my that's my go-to. Yeah. um, you know, another one that I like to say we don't run businesses, we further movements. That's my I love that one. People are like, yeah, I want to further a movement. Uh, another people, one I love. People
0: want to get behind that as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't want to
0: get, necessarily get behind your business. Cause I think that's about, again, comes back to money.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, a movement, a like movement. I can get behind that. I can yeah. believe in that.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh, the last one I love that I say is be the message that you want to hear. Yeah. I got a whole long list of those where that came from. So if you want more, <laughs> connect with me. <laughs> be the message that you
0: want to hear. Everyone, if you'd love more information, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, She's an amazing woman, as you can already tell, very clear with her messages and her impact on the world. Thank you so much for impacting my life and the audience of our sports and business coaches. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much the coaching podcast is sponsored by transition coach for athletes a global coaching mentoring and u.s placement service the service helps athletes navigate the often challenging world of choosing your best college fitness performance visit www.transitioncoachforathletes.com that's the number four